So one of the things that the Lord is showing me is that thankfulness really is a discipline. You know, for some of you, it, it seems to come more naturally. I mean, if you've been around my wife, for instance, I mean, she's always smiling, right? She's always happy. It just kind of happens. You know, for me, it doesn't just happen. It's something that I have to work at. But it's something that I'm able to do. You know, one of the things I'm drawn to, and, and this is not totally bad, because even though my wife is, is really joyful, and I don't mean this in a mean way, okay? Let's just be open. Let's just be honest. You could say maybe a little naive, okay? Why? Because she looks for the good. Now, from the very beginning, I look for problems, okay? It's just the way I work. I'm like mm, scanning, you know, what's the problem? What's the problem? <laughs> it's the way I'm wired, okay? Even as a pastor, for instance, you know, some pastors are all compassionate and encouraging and all that, you know. That's not how I'm wired. I, I look for issues. I look for what's wrong. Well, that doesn't have to be a, a bad thing because we want to be real, and some of us who aren't very thankful, we would call ourselves a realist, right? Well, I'm just a realist. I see what's really going on. But here's what I want to share with you. If you allow yourself to just look at the negative, you are not a realist. What you become is that pessimist, and you get blinded to the blessings and the good things that are all around you. I want you to think, for instance, about the Garden of Eden, okay? You have um, Adam and Eve there. They are surrounded by blessing. Everything is absolutely perfect. And here's what the enemy comes and tells them. Uh, the enemy comes and says, you know, is it true that you can't eat anything? He tries to make it, first of all, way worse than it is, and they have to straighten him out and say, no, no, we're just not supposed to eat the fruit from this one tree. And then he begins to capitalize on that and try to paint this picture that God is trying to hold something back. 
And what do they do? They become focused on that one thing. Oh, what's behind that door that I can't go through? I can go through every other door. Why can't I go through this door? It must be something really good. And they work into this place of God must be holding something back from me. Here's what I want to share with you. When you begin to focus in on the negative, and I'm not saying you ignore it at all. We're going to get to that. I'm not saying that at all. But what happens is you stop seeing all the blessing around you. And when you stop seeing all the blessing around you, you stop trusting God. You stop trusting in His goodness. And all of a sudden you buy this illusion that everything is hopeless. And so you know what happens? You end up stepping through the door that you're not supposed to because you buy into this lie that everything is hopeless. Now, should we address things that are not right in our life? Absolutely. That's the gospel. That's what Jesus did. He came and he proclaimed truth. But we get so focused on those things and we're not being thankful. Here's what happens. We stop seeing things as they are. And all of a sudden, everything's bad. Everything's bad and just forget it all. I, I, I had a moment um, this week where I started to feel that creeping in. It was early in the morning, and um, I was just kind of going through a, um, some exercise or whatever, and I'm listening to this podcast, and in this podcast, they mention that there's a bill in our legislature um, that wants to, and of course they don't phrase it like this, okay? If you're, if you're ever going to push something through, you want to phrase it in a positive way. If you're going to let criminals out on the street, you call it the Safety Act, you know, something like that. You do it the opposite. So in this, you know, there's this thing where they're opening a door so that if I proclaim what the Bible says about a same-sex relationship, all of a sudden I'm open to get sued and, you know, lose tax-exempt status, all that stuff. And I'm just like, oh, and, you know, I mean, I just feel the cloud coming in. Like, oh, everything is bad. We're just, you know. And, and all of a sudden, I, I just felt the Lord stop me. And it's like, wait a minute. Is God not still sovereign? I, I mean, do, does this need addressed? <laughs> Absolutely. But do I need to go into a place where I just walk out the door that morning and I'm just angry? You know, I'm just looking for somebody to be, you know, the dog, you know, kick the dog, whatever, you know. I'm just looking for somebody to be mad at. That's not God's heart. Can God use me at that point? Not as well as he can when I walk out understanding that are there issues? Absolutely. But I have blessings all around me. And here's the thing, because God is sovereign, it doesn't matter what the enemy throws at me. God is able to use it for the good. Now, does that mean I'm not going to have to go through hard times? Yes, I will have to go through hard times. Does it mean that, that, that I could have to go through persecution? I, I might have to go through persecution. Jesus was killed, okay? Disciples were killed. But here's what God's showing me. I really can be thankful and have joy through all of those things. Why? Because no matter what somebody does to me, you can't take away God's presence from me. You can't do it. You, you can do what you want to my body. You can't take those things away. You know, my family and I had a great Thanksgiving these last few days. Great Thanksgiving. But it was in 
heart due to the fact that God kept reminding me Thanksgiving is a discipline. Because along the path, uh, there was bait that the enemy kept putting out for me, you know? Things that I could run with and get mad about, and all of a sudden, you know, well, that was supposed to be here, or they were supposed to do that, and now everything's bad. I'm just going to walk around grumpy all day. You know, and my family from Oklahoma that I get to see once a year, they come in and, you know, I'm mad that, I don't know, we, we burnt something. I, you know, whatever it is. I mean, have you ever been there? Where, where all of a sudden you latch on to something and that's all you can see? But when we stop and we say, okay, oh, there's an issue there, but we look at all that we have to be thankful for. The scripture that we're going to look at this morning calls it a sacrifice. A sacrifice. Have you ever thought of Thanksgiving as a sacrifice? That's what scripture calls it, and this morning we're going to talk about why. I'm going to be um, in Psalm chapter 50, and if you were at the uh, Thanksgiving service um, that we had here in town, I shared this scripture then. And I shared a few thoughts on it, but I really felt the Lord calling me to go back to this and really dig in deeper. And so that's exactly what I want to do. I'm going to begin in verse 7, and I'm going to start off by reading through verse 15, and then later we're going to cover a little more ground. So the Lord's talking, and he calls his people to him. And I want you to listen to what he says. He says, "Oh my people, listen as I speak. Here are my charges against you. Okay, so God doesn't shy away from the negative. I've got some charges against you. Okay, I'm going to call some things out. He does that out of love. That's what he's doing right here. He says, I am God, your God. I have no complaint about your sacrifices or the burnt offerings you constantly offer. But I do not need the bulls from your barns or the goats from your pens. For all the animals of the forest are mine, and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird on the mountains, and all the animals of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for all the world is mine and everything in it. Do I eat the meat of bulls? Do I drink the blood of goats? Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God and keep the vows you made to the Most High. Then call on me when you are in trouble and I will rescue you and you will give me glory. So verse 14 says, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. They were giving all these other sacrifices of animals. Why? Because God had called them to do that. But they were not being thankful. Now, why does God want that? Because these other sacrifices aren't because, he's making this clear, that he needs these animals. I mean, it's not about God needing them. He doesn't need them at all. So why does God call them to give them? Because it's about trust. For them, that is their financial security. And they're just giving it over and burning it up into air. And it's like, why am I doing that? It's like the best 
animal I had, that's not only good to eat, but that's a bloodline that could continue on, and I'm offering it up to smoke, and God doesn't even need it. Why am I doing this? Because God is sovereign, and God wants to know if you trust him. Because if you are going to have joy in your life, you are going to need to trust him. So why does he then say, I want a sacrifice of thanksgiving? Because thanksgiving is about trust. It's about trust. You see what I was telling you about that example when I heard the thing on the podcast? What I stopped doing in that moment was trusting. God, you're not going to protect. God, you're not going to make something good out of this. Now, am I saying that? Am I thinking that thought? No, but that's what's happening in my subconscious. That's where I'm going. God, I can't trust you. God, everything is going to go bad, and it's going to get ugly, and why am I even in this fight? And I I need to just embrace the darkness because the darkness is taking over. (laughs) I mean, that's where we can go like that in the blink of an eye. But when I start being thankful, here's what I'm saying. God, I trust you with everything. God, God, and it's not about worshiping things that God gives us. It's just about being thankful for the blessings that he gives us. And I'm telling you, when you make a discipline of this, and what I mean by that is you make a purposeful effort, it will change the way you see things. And what I mean by that is not that you're going to see things in a, you know, untrue way. You're going to see things in a true way. Now, does that mean that you don't see problems? Absolutely not. But here's what you're going to be able to do. You're going to actually see those problems more clearly. Instead of being this overwhelming wave that's about to take you over and you're not going to survive. Instead, you see it as, huh, yeah, that may not feel good. Yeah, I may not like that. But you know what? God has has got me. I've got all these blessings. And based on scripture and things I've seen in my life, God is able to take something that appears unbelievable and make it good. I I shared this in Sunday school, but this was another thing that I listened to this week. Um, Some of you um, know the artist. Ah, what was his name that I shared? It's, It's... Jeremy Camp, thank you. That was slipping my mind. Uh, There's been a movie, okay, about his life. When he was young, he married a a young girl, and she died with with cancer. And they were believers, and they're praying, and they're, you know, believing in faith, and she died. That's the kind of thing that could take somebody out in their faith of God. But it did not take him out. It did not take her out. They trusted. Did it hurt? I can't even imagine. You better believe it hurt. But you know what has happened since then? Because Jeremy didn't walk away. Because Jeremy kept pursuing the Lord. Number one, he's written crazy powerful songs that if you listen to, I mean, it's going to take you into the throne room of the Lord. That's number one. Number two, what's happened from that is a testimony that he not only shares when he's on stage, they've made a movie of, and numerous people have come to the Lord because of it. Because he trusted in the Lord. So here's the thing. Do you have challenges right now? Absolutely. Do you have things that you wish you could change? Absolutely. And maybe God wants to see those things changed and he wants you to pray about that. That could very well be. 
But I want you to hear this. No matter what his will is, what we know is that God is able to turn those things into blessing. But here's what it takes. It takes a discipline of thanksgiving that says, God, I trust you. That's the sacrifice that God wants. Now, if you give financially to God, you're going to receive blessing from it. You are. But you know what? He doesn't need a dime from you. Everything you have came from him. He doesn't need it, okay? Here's what he desires. He desires you to trust. Why? Because he's some egomaniac? No, because you are his child, and the place that you are going to be the happiest is when you are worshiping him. Because that's who he is. He is the creator. He has no beginning and end. You do. You're his child. And the place that you are going to be happiest is when you trust him. So I want you to think for a moment about some of the challenges that are going on with you right now. Some of those fears. Some of those anxieties. And and I don't want you to forget about them. But I simply want you to focus on what God has done for you in your life. I want you to look at the promises that he gives in his word and what he's done through others. And I want you to then take that and I want you to say, God, I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to give this to you and I'm going to praise you and I'm going to trust that you are going to do something good with my life. It's not just for famous people like Jeremy Camp. It's not just for somebody who stands up and preaches the gospel to a crowd. It's for anyone that would trust in God, and that can be you. But you've got to choose. Now, here's the other part I want to share. What if you say no? What if you say, no, I think I'm just going to wallow in some of my problems a little longer. Well, let's read on and see what happens. Verse 16 says, And I want you to notice the the dramatic shift that happens right now. But God says to the wicked, why bother reciting my decrees and pretending to obey my covenant? For you refuse my discipline and treat my words like trash. When you see thieves, you approve of them and you spend your time with adulterers. Your mouth is filled with wickedness and your tongue is full of lies. You sit around and you slander your brother, your own mother's son. While you did all this, I remained silent, and you thought I didn't care. But now I will rebuke you, listing all my charges against you. And then, here's this word we've already heard this morning, repent. All of you who forget me, or I will tear you apart, and no one will help you. Now, verse 23, catch this. He's going to bring it back around. But give thanks, but giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. If you keep my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God. Now, what just happened there? You know, we were talking about thanksgiving, and then all of a sudden he starts talking about all this wickedness. Hear this. How do we get there? And by the way, Every one of us has that potential, okay? Scripture teaches that. You have sin within you. You have a flesh. Uh, You are capable of unbelievable wickedness. Now, you don't have to follow that path. Jesus has made a way for you to follow a completely different path and to walk in freedom and to walk in righteousness. But how do I 
walk that righteous path and not that other path. It's through trusting God. It's through the discipline of thanksgiving. Because the reason that those people were doing those things is because of this. They began to focus on the negative and they stopped trusting God. They stopped trusting Him. And so instead of finding their pleasure in God, they said, I can't really trust God for my joy and my pleasure. I'm going to have to pursue it on my own. And so at first they start just making baby steps, just start doing little things. But the next thing you know, they're hanging with thieves, adulterers, and everything else, and they're saying, yeah, bring it on. But, but, but the whole time they're reciting these things to God. How do you do that? How do you end up with reciting these things to God, but yet you're doing all these things that are the opposite? Listen to me. This is how. You stop giving thanksgiving. That's how. And in your head, you're like, I know this is truth, but the reality is you don't actually trust God. But, but you know, there's, there's really no better uh, way to, to, to come up with, you know, why there's life and all that. So we continue this and we think, well, you know, maybe God will forgive me if I just continue giving these sacrifices. Listen, what God wants, what He demands is repentance. That means I turn. I turn, I acknowledge my sin, I confess, that's to acknowledge my sin, and then I turn from it. Now, in order for me to walk away, I need the power of the Spirit. Okay, I, I need God in order to do that. But hear me, this is part of what I can do to assist in that process. Part of what I do is I practice a discipline of thanksgiving. I choose to look at the blessings of God. Does that mean I ignore the problems? I am not saying that at all. But I'm telling you, when you choose to focus, it, all of a sudden it lifts you up and you begin to see more clearly. When I focus on negative things, I start to feel it physically. Like all of a sudden, everything's bad. Even the good things are bad. You know, like if somebody gives you something, you're like, oh, well, that's nice, but it'll probably break down in a week. You know, I mean, you ever get into that? It's so easy to get into. We start talking to one another, and, and I mean, we start complaining, right? Somebody throws out a, a gripe, and you're like, oh, I got one better than that. And then, you know, and then the next thing you know, everything's bad. God's really convicting me on this. And I can't just say, well, that's not my personality. I've got to start changing this. And I start helping others change it. I've got to start, you know, when I sense it, start trying to turn things and mentioning blessings. Again, I am not talking about avoiding things that are negative. We need to talk about those things. Absolutely. But there's a big difference between talking about issues and problems and getting into this hopeless place of everything's bad. Because we live in a world um, where the enemy is running rampant. There are lost people all over, but in the midst of it, God is here. His kingdom is here. And if you've accepted Jesus, that kingdom is within you. And I want you to hear this. If you will exercise thanksgiving in your own heart, it will not only impact you, it will impact other people. That's when they're going to say, what is the reason for the hope that is within you? You know, there's a scripture that talks about always be ready to give that. Most of us don't have to be ready to give that because we walk around griping and nobody's saying, what's the reason for the hope that's within you, right? And I'm talking to myself here. I want to be that person 
that has hope that others say, for real, what is going on? Because it's not like your life's perfect. You've got issues. I've seen it. But somehow you're able to walk in joy. And that's where we can share what Jesus is doing. But the way that we get there is through the discipline of thanksgiving. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for truth. Thank you.